0: Welcome to Brand and New, brought to you by the International Trademark Association. INTA is a global association representing more than 30,000 brand owners and professionals dedicated to supporting trademarks and related intellectual property to foster consumer trust, economic growth, and innovation. In this podcast series, every two weeks host Audrey Dovey shares with you a new topic related to innovation and its impact for the legal world with a special focus on intellectual property.
1: My guest today is André Yankou, who's been serving as the Undersecretary of Commerce for Intellectual Property and Director of the United States Patent and Trademark Office, the USPTO, since February 2018, based in Alexandria, Virginia. American engineer and intellectual property attorney He was before the managing partner of the law firm IRL and Manila focused on IP litigation. The USPTO is the largest IP office in the world. Just few figures, more than 13,000 employees, examination of over 450,000 trademark applications and 150,000 patents issued every year. So how is it to lead such institutions and to launch ambitious reforms to tackle issues of our times? André Jankoud talks transparently about his actions and challenges related to the future of IP and the office and what is on his to-do list. André, as an engineer and lawyer, could you share with us your experience in patent litigation and your perspective about the evolution of the patents and trademarks ecosystems now that you manage the largest IP office in the world?
2: Uh, Sure. So um, first uh, of all, as uh, far as my background is concerned, uh, I was first an engineer. I worked as as an aerospace engineer uh, for a number of years, uh, the end of the 1980s, early 1990s. Then I went to law school and then I was an IP lawyer uh, for the past 20 some years. I did mostly litigation, but I also did uh, everything else related to IP. I interacted with the whole spectrum of technologies from high-tech to biotech and everything in between, plaintiff side, defendant side, big company, small company, and the like. So um, I did have a chance, I was fortunate enough to see the importance of IP. Intellectual property is so important for innovation and entrepreneurship. And obviously, in turn, innovation and entrepreneurship are uh, critical drivers of economic growth, job creation, the betterment of the human condition across the world. Uh, And you see that firsthand when you work uh, directly with the scientists, the engineers, the inventors, the developers in the space. Uh, With that comes uh, a recognition of the challenges that uh, uh, surround the field. First of all, it's a complex, system of laws. It's a complex system of laws domestically in the United States, uh, in every country that has an advanced IP system. And then further complexity arises when cross-national considerations uh, come into play. So I do think it's really important for leaders in the space to try to simplify the discourse and to try to identify crisply what the main issues are. and why this is such an important field and an important set of laws, and communicate uh, with the public in, in, in a simpler, more straightforward way. The other thing that you realize, having the background that I have, that many IP lawyers have, in fact, is how important balance is in any IP system as between the different technologies, as between the innovators and implementers, for example, between the big companies and small companies and and so on. You know we have one patent system in the United States, one trademark system that needs to apply to all and achieving that proper balance is very important for the system to function well.
1: You launched last year a five-year strategic plan to optimize quality and timeliness between 2018 and 2022. Could you tell us more about its key pillars and more specifically the impact that you expect for brand owners and brand practitioners?
2: Uh, Yes, indeed. We did um, uh, launch our five-year strategic plan last year. It has three important goals. Number one is to optimize patent quality and timeliness. Number two, to optimize trademark quality and timeliness. And number three, to provide domestic and global leadership to improve IP policy and and enforcement and protection uh, around the world. But let me focus on the trademark side. So first of all, for more than a decade now, the uh, US trademark office has met or exceeded its trademark pendency and quality targets uh, consistently, despite sustained growth. Since 2008, Trademarks have been registered in the U.S. in less than 12 months from filing of an application. Uh, That's on average, of course, uh, with a first office action issued between 2.5 and 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 3.5 months from filing on average. Uh, We generally do consider, and I think our stakeholders consider these to be optimal pendency rates. Further, first and final action compliance rates measuring examination quality continue to be high. Customers are filing 99.9% of all new applications in the United States to the trademark office electronically. And the number of trademark applications processed completely electronically uh, has also increased. At the start of 2017, trademarks hired a customer experience administrator. So we're very focused on customer satisfaction and customer feedback, and uh, increasing our performance across the board vis-a-vis our applicants. And the uh, customer experience administrator is charged to develop a strategic plan to enhance the customer experience for all trademark customers and because of the uh, key role that electronic interfaces play vis-a-vis customer satisfaction and customer interaction with the office our website plays a critically important role it's in many cases the first interface you know in the electronic interaction so we have focused on acquiring staff uh, with skill in plain language writing and website strategy to improve the quality of uh, our website at uspto.gov. And uh, that's already implemented. We've done that in the past few months. And we're already seeing measurable uh, results with positive feedback.
1: Is there anything you, you, you would like to add about what is coming?
2: Well, we are very much focused on improving our IT systems overall, across the agency, both patents and trademarks. And um, I think over time, that's gonna have a significant impact for the operations and the interface with customers. With respect to our website, we have made a significant change, but for your listeners, I encourage everybody to use the website and give us feedback, not only on your experience with the website as is now, but how exactly would you like it to change what new features would you like us to add or subtract or modify a little bit to make your interface better.
1: Talking about the modernization of electronic trademark applications and of registration procedures in general, to what degree do you see the use of artificial intelligence by the USPTO and uh, what are the other investments to do now and in the future? Uh, You mentioned the IT infrastructure and for what kind of impact?
2: From an operations point of view, this is our highest priority right now across the agency. We are investing. Uh, Right now, in the stabilization and modernization of our information technology system, some of our systems are fairly old, so we are working on retiring our legacy systems and replacing them with more modern systems. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, we have replaced a very important major server system on the patent side of the operation. And there's some news on on our website about that if anybody's interested in seeing what we've done there. But there's a lot more work that needs to be done. We are very much focused for now and for the next year or so on stabilization of our systems. We wanna make sure that the systems function as intended to without failure. Now obviously in any such system you will have failure, but the idea here is to minimize the incidence of failures, and when we do experience failure, to increase our ability to recover from that failure in a much quicker fashion. So we're very focused on that for the next year, year and a half, and beyond that, we are working on modernizing our IT. Obviously, there's overlap between stabilization efforts and modernization efforts, but the immediate attention is for stabilization with a longer-term look towards modernization. I should mention that uh, we recently hired a new chief information officer. Uh, His name is Jamie Holcomb. Again, you can see his background and bio on our website. He has a unique set of experience. Comes uh, from the private sector, where where he was a high-level executive at a number of companies, including Harris, which is an IT company, and elsewhere and he also has some government experience, and he's been here for four months, already has made a significant impact, and he has a unique opportunity to help us improve uh, these systems and transition the agency to state-of-the-art technology.
1: Talking more about artificial intelligence, we know that there's no usable AI without data and necessary to train to minimum algorithmic performance before they can show value and then attract new customers. Are data rights the new IP rights? And to go even further with the rise of technological innovations, if you were asked to create a new IP rights, what would that be?
2: Yeah, so this is a very interesting question, and we're looking at this issue right now. Uh, you're absolutely right that data and data sets are critically important to the use of uh, and development of artificial intelligence technologies and machine learning technologies and the like and some folks are asking whether the current intellectual property systems are sufficient to protect data so patents trademarks copyrights trade secrets some would say perhaps are insufficient and we might need to add a new type of intellectual property focused on data and um, all i can tell you for now is that it's a very good question And we have an AI policy task force here at the PTO now that we constituted in the past year. And we're looking at a whole host of IP issues surrounding AI, including this very question that you have asked. Uh, And hopefully we'll have uh, some views in the future.
1: Um, multiple initiatives have been started under your direction, from the recent decision of the Supreme Court to the in the Brunetti case to the new measures to address fake specimen use. What are, in your view, the main challenges to face today and the one that you may anticipate for the near future?
2: Uh, so, first of all, obviously, the United States Supreme Court just issued uh, its decision just a few days ago in the Brunetti case, and we are obviously reviewing that as we speak, and we will work on uh, addressing issues from that case as quickly as possible. The main operating issues uh, or substantive issues in, in trademark uh, registration that are facing us right now, they, they fall into two main buckets. One is, as you have mentioned, fake specimens, and the integrity of our trademark register. And the second is counterfeiting and counterfeit goods and the like. But for now, let me just address the first one since you've asked just in your question about fake specimens. It is a critically important issue for us right now. There ha- And why is that? There has been a rise in behaviors that undermines the accuracy and reliability of our trademark register. And I addressed this when I spoke at INTA's annual conference in Boston just A month or two ago. We have at the USPTO faced a surge uh, in foreign applications over the last few years and in some cases with inaccurate or possibly fraudulent claims. Overall at the USPTO we have faced a surge in what we believe are fraudulent claims of use of the mark for the um, goods or services specified in the application. So what are we doing about that? Well, it's a multi-pronged attack on the issue that uh, we have developed. Once again, I spoke in quite some length exactly on this topic at INTA, and that speech is posted on our website at USPTO.gov. And mm-hmm. our Commissioner for Trademarks, Mary Dennison, spoke right after me. Uh, she had even more details to add. But just to summarize a couple of things. For example, we have made permanent our post-registration audit pilot program, and in fact we have increased the number of maintenance filings that we audit. The TTAB, Trademark Trial and Appeal Board, is also piloting expedited cancellation procedures in cases that raise non-use or abandonment claims. We have also taken steps to address the rise of fake specimens that include additional training for examining attorneys to be able to detect fake specimens. We have piloted software to help determine if a photograph submitted as a specimen of use has been digitally altered. uh, And we are actively encouraging lawyers to report suspicion specimens for pending application. To highlight the significance of use statements to those who sign applications and post registration declarations, we have improved the readability of the declarations. And now we require the statements in them to be acknowledged by checking a box next to each one we have proposed rulemaking to require U.S. counsel for all foreign domicile trademark applicants, registrants, and parties to to TTAB proceedings. And if implemented, the rule would enable the USPTO to more effectively use available mechanisms to enforce foreign applicant compliance with statutory and regulatory requirements in trademark matters. Folks should look to a final rule being published in the near term on that issue. Beginning in November of this year, November 2019, we plan to implement a login requirement for filing all trademark documents. There are quite a few other issues we're considering as well, both internally here at the PTO, but also potential legislative changes that might need to be made to combat uh, this issue.
1: You mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago the issue of counterfeiting. It's obviously essential to raise awareness among consumers about counterfeiting, and many IP offices have initiated out-of-box actions. What innovative approaches is USPTO implementing to educate consumers about this key issue?
2: Intellectual property is critically important, and the respect for intellectual property rights, critically important, for our economy and job creation. All sorts of studies show this. On the trademark side in particular, trademark intensive industries generate significant growth for the U.S. economy. In fact, according to a study by our chief economist and our colleagues at the Department of Commerce, trademark intensive industries have the largest employment and the highest contribution to U.S. uh, GDP. So in order for that to work, Trademark rights and all IP rights have to be respected, and we are quite concerned about the explosion of counterfeit goods, particularly online. And it's critically important, not just to us at the USPTO, but in the entire administration here in the United States. So at the PTO last year, we held a public video contest to raise awareness among the public about this issue and to get ideas for public service announcements. Just this month in the office, we hosted an anti-counterfeiting summit with the McCarthy Institute. The USPTO recently entered into a contract with the National Crime Prevention Council to conduct a multi-year nationwide anti-counterfeiting campaign. And um, we are working with a number of other government agencies to prepare a report as required by the President's recent memorandum on combating counterfeiting. uh, And not just counterfeiting, but also pirated goods. If I may add, there are a variety of ways to combat counterfeiting and pirated goods but i would put them into two buckets first we have to combat the supply chains of counterfeit goods we're already doing a number of things obviously including at the border and the like but more can and should be done second bucket is on the demand side we need to educate the public so that the public in the first instance is fully aware of the issue and becomes increasingly more reluctant to purchase counterfeit or pirated goods. So I think it's very important to have national and international campaigns raising awareness to the issue and how the public can help to address it. Uh, here from the PTO, we're doing a lot of on the uh, education side, uh, but both sides are very important and, and we are addressing uh, all aspects possible.
1: have we not talked about uh, that would complete your vision about the intellectual property office of tomorrow and its focus?
2: Wow, how much more time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Look, these are uh, complex systems and there are lots and lots of things that, uh, that we can do. Let me mention a few more things, uh, perhaps. We've already touched a little bit on artificial intelligence and AI policy. That's one aspect of AI and the technology of the future. Another aspect is how we, we at, the, at the USPTO itself, inside for our own work, how we can use artificial intelligence tools to improve the work of our examiners. Our examiners have to search, both on the patent and trademark side, through an increasing, exponentially increasing volume of prior art. Machine learning tools can certainly help in the automation of many other tasks, such as classification systems, for example. All aspects of search is on the table. The volume of art, as I've mentioned, is increasing dramatically all the time. Uh, Yet the paradigm of examination is basically the same, has been the same from the beginning of time, which is one examiner, one application at a time, And uh, obviously, for all offices around the world, it's getting increasingly more difficult to be able to search through the art. Overall, as leaders uh, in the IP ecosystem in the United States, we want to make sure that we broaden the innovation and entrepreneurship and intellectual property ecosystems. What do I mean by that? We need more people, a higher percentage of our population, involved in these critically important areas. So we need to broaden the ecosphere geographically so that people across our country, no matter where the neighborhood is, are involved. We need to expand demographically and economically. So folks from different backgrounds should be engaging, hopefully, at the increasing rates. We just recently published a study on the engagement of women in innovation in the United States. And the results show that as recently as 2016, only 12% of inventors named on US patents are women. Mm -hmm. That's got to change. We very much need to increase the participation of women, minorities, folks from economically disadvantaged neighborhoods, and the like. But the good news at the other end of it is that Studies have shown that increasing the participation of currently uh, underrepresented groups can up to quadruple the rate of innovation in the United States. And um, that would be a fantastic thing to do. So this area is critically important uh, to our vision for the future of, uh, of innovation, entrepreneurship, and IP in the U.S.
1: Just on this point, uh, engagement of women, of uh, minorities, so there are very concrete actions.
2: It it involves education, making the system accessible to all, making the system understandable to all. We have programs already in place and we're working on other programs. I'll just mention one example. We have uh, a symposium that we hold uh, once a year for women entrepreneurs. Uh, we just did it, I think, a month or two ago for this year. We're going to keep doing, doing that, where we bring together leaders in this field and we provide education tools to, uh, to help demystify the process a little bit. But there's so much more that can be done. In order to make a significant difference here, we need basically all hands on deck. We need a collaboration between government, academia, and industry working together to address this issue. And we are out and about uh, speaking to folks in all these areas uh, all the time. Um, And uh, we're trying to uh, create this dynamic where these three critically important groups, government, both federal and local, by the way, academic institutions at every level, uh, beginning with uh, the youngest grade schools. I I visited an elementary school yesterday Last month, I visited a kindergarten, but then also all the way up to the university level, and then industry, all of these groups working together to address this issue. And I think when that happens uh, on a consistent uh, basis, I think uh, that's when we, we're going to be able to see a significant difference. But I'm very, very hopeful in this, on this issue because people are attending to it and ha- acknowledge that the need to, uh, to undertake this effort.
1: André, I have a very last question. Could you share with us your secret or your tips, your sources of inspiration that help you stay up to date regarding game-changing tools or ideas that can have an impact on you and your mission at the USPTO?
2: Well, just overall, I think it's really important for leaders to listen to everyone. I was just at an internal conference uh, yesterday where I said, You know, among a group of highly skilled professionals, such as we have here, there really are no bad questions or bad ideas. Uh, We need to raise all ideas, all issues, and then have a discussion about them. That's the way we can surface the best ideas, select the best ones, and then we can move in unison once those uh, decisions have been made. But engaging everybody around us, both internally and also our stakeholders, And we're doing a lot of engagement uh, both internal and external to surface the very best ideas i think that is going to help us stay up to date and actually uh, hopefully leapfrog the up-to-date game changing (laughs) tools and focus on the future we work in teams we empower people uh, to feel free to express themselves and identify new thoughts new ideas new paths new tools Uh, in general uh, the USPTO is an amazing place, uh, full of really not just highly skilled, but also highly dedicated professionals across our office with 13,000 people.
1: Thank you very much, André. Thank you.
2: It's been a pleasure.
1: My guest today was André Yankou the Undersecretary of Commerce for Intellectual Property and Director of the United States Patent and Trademark Office.
0: Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in every two weeks on Tuesday for future episodes of Brand and New, a podcast from the International Trademark Association. If you liked this episode and think someone else would too, please share it. And to learn more about INTA, please visit INTA.org.